Welcome to Gender, the podcast by queer foreigners for queer foreigners and also any British person who wants to be absolutely roasted by us because we all know self-hatred is one of the pillars of British culture. I'm your host Archie, I'm French and my pronouns are Bing Bing. In this episode, Odisha will tell us about the Caribbean stories from the British Virgin Islands. If you like the episode, you can follow us on Instagram at Gender Podcast, share with all your foreign friends and British people, if you want to be allies, can you just tell your parents to stop voting for Tories? Like literally just do that and we'll be happy. Now in your best British accent, let's say together, Gender. Yes, yeah, a short one today. First of all, can you give us your best impression of a British person saying gender? Gender. Ooh, that's okay. That's nice. That's different. <laughs> Odisia, first question. Where are you from? What's your culture? Which languages do you speak? All of this. Oh, God. Okay. So I was born on the island of Montserrat when I was about four years old. There was a volcano. So I moved to the British Virgin Islands. <laughs> I don't know this way. I moved to the British Virgin Islands and that's where I spent uh, the majority of my brought up see and uh, education before uh, coming here approximately 10 years ago now. Mm -hmm. And I came up here to do uni of which I have done uh, my undergrad and my master's. So what is um, your sexuality, gender, pronouns, Sexual orientation, lack of sexual orientation, <laughs> all of this. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I tend to, uh, categorize myself as non-binary. And as for sexual orientation, I class myself as asexual. Lovely. And last question. What do you do in life? What are your hobbies? And what job are you taking from honest British workers? <laughs> and how dare well, you? <laughs> I am an honest British worker because Montserrat is a British colony and so are the British Virgin Islands. So honestly, honestly, if they, so if, they, if they decide to own us, we can come here. It really is. Okay. <laughs> like I, I had this conversation in uni very early on. I was like, we are a British colony. Like they'd have decided to keep us despite everything. So, you know. Oh, so maybe you shouldn't be on this podcast then. <laughs> Wow. Maybe I shouldn't be. You're the first British person on this podcast. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so, well, yeah, what, what what are your hobbies? Like, what do you like to do in life? Uh, well, uh, for the longest time, my primary hobby has been either doing music or right now my primary hobby is uh, doing uh, TikToks. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you can use like professional words like content I, creator. I'm a content creator on TikTok. <laughs> I do cosplay and storytelling, uh, visual storytelling and collaborative storytelling with other creators as well. That sounds so good. <laughs> that sounds so professional. Okay. So before everything, I'm going to give you a little situation. Okay. So if you had to meet with a group of people that share the same interests as you, so, uh, you that talked so about, nice. <laughs> <laughs> they exist. Okay. And so co cosplay, um, TikTok, any content creation that you do, anything like that. So, you know, those people will have things in common to talk about with you. Yeah. Would you feel more comfortable if everyone in the group was queer in many different ways, all the letters of the rainbow, uh, but they're all British? 
and they're, they've been for generations and generations. I'm not counting the colonies in that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> British from the UK. Or would you prefer if they were all from loads of different countries and have loads of different cultures, and so they know what it's like to come to this country um, without being born into British culture, uh, but they're all cis and straight? Oh, oh so immediately <laughs> you've made your choice. <laughs> well, it depends. It depends on different uh, areas of intersectionality as well. Because if it's like a cis, straight black woman, for example, mm-hmm. I would feel significantly different talking to her mm-hmm. as opposed to talking to a cis gay white man. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of a, it's kind of a thing. So it, it really, really, really depends. Um, like if you brought me like a bunch of, Second generation, uh, cis people that were born into a different country and have come here, like their parents are from somewhere else. Yeah. Um, so they're British, but they're cis and straight, but intersectionally they're from, they have a history of like maybe being exposed to like racism mm-hmm. or different areas. So really, it really, really, really depends. Yeah. 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 So I mean, um, when I say, they're all British people, mm-hmm. you'd automatically picture white people? Well, you see, I think that's the thing, because when you said British people, I didn't picture anybody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I pictured, like, the flag of Britain. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, the that's, empire. You pictured the monarchy. <laughs> basically. Like, because nothing came to mind, because I think my introduction to coming to Britain, the University of Westminster that we participated in yes. um, is one of the most culturally diverse universities. Mm-hmm. I think if I had gone to like Imperial or maybe um, Kings, Kings or shoot, what was the one that was right next to us? Uh, UCL. UCL. Thank you. <laughs> <sighs> Jesus. Yeah. But if I went to like UCL, UCL is very white. Mm-hmm. And I think I would have had a significantly different experience there. Right. So, when I think of British people, I I wasn't exposed. And also, I when I came here, I lived in a predominantly Jewish community. Mm-hmm. So my exposure to actual British people, <laughs> like on the day-to-day, is very limited. Yeah. I mean, so maybe when you came, the first thing you saw that you considered was the British people and British culture was already diverse. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, like, when I say British culture, all those people are part of British culture, maybe, yes. to you. So, like, if I tell you, like, there's a whole table full of British people... If you say they're posh, then I'll say they're white. Okay. <laughs> because there's no... I, <laughs> I swear, I have really honestly yet to see, like, a posh person of colour. Of colour. <laughs> like, yeah. tell me I'm wrong. I mean, I want to say the only ones who can reach that level of, like, middle class or even higher than middle class, have to sell their soul to the devil. <laughs> I'm going to name Pretty Patel. Okay. Which is the, like, most evil person in the country. Mm. And she's a person of colour. Mm. And, like, God knows what she had to do, like, and what she hears in the office every day, yeah. you know, to work, like, surrounded by extremely conservative white people. But yeah, I guess there's a few, but they're they're not the good people. Mm. They're really not good people. No. Yeah. Um. So so if I give you okay, <laughs> if I give you the same situation, 
But instead of saying um, British people or queer people, foreign people, I said black people. Mm-hmm. So most of them, you know, most of the black community in this country, they're not first generation. Like at least their parents came to the country. Yeah. So they're all born in this country. Um, so they're all British, but they're all black. Do you then feel closer to that British community? So it doesn't, it's not a yes or no question. Like <laughs> I know it like intersectionality is complicated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, it's more just thinking about it because at the same time, I have not, I don't go outside much. I have not <laughs> interacted that much with like, the black British community, like, I was honestly considering taking up, like, roller skating so I could join in because they have some fantastic things going on in parks right now. Yes. <laughs> but, um, no, I really haven't had a chance to really interact with them. And a lot of my interactions with any sort of queer person, uh, apart from musical theater, have been online. Mm-hmm. So, it's, 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 again, it's difficult to say. I would feel more akin to a black experience though. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I don't want to say it's easier, but if there's like a scale, the first thing you see when you approach a person yeah, yeah. is, is, te- is gonna be their skin color mm-hmm. more likely. So I can tell based off of that, that we're going to be on a similar level immediately yeah if you get more involved in a person's like life and history then you can say like oh well i i kind of actually have more in common common with that person but it takes a conversation for that to happen Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um like some people like wear the aesthetic like queer tends to have like a kind of aesthetic that goes with it and you can kind of you can kind of tell but it's always like a kind of you can't kind of tell most of the time i mean personally (laughs) in london i assume everyone's queer and then if they're straight then i'm wrong but you know yeah (laughs) yeah my gaydar is everyone's gay (laughs) (laughs) yeah but you see but that's still something that you you think of mentally if you like see a person coming at you, Mm-mm. you can immediately make an assessment from a distance if they have darker skin than you or not. Mm. And I think that is always going to be like a primary determining factor in how I interact with a person mm-hmm. being black myself. <laughs> it's just, it's just a different experience overall. And it's a very different experience here because where I used to live in the Caribbean, it's a predominantly black society like there are other degrees of representation there are other people that come in because the caribbean is very well known to be a melting pot yeah yeah. melting pot of nations because i went to school with kids from syria i went to school with kids uh from the philippines but it's predominantly black Mm. so to come here and it's just not the case (laughs) it it was a bit of a and i think that's contributed to me being a shut-in a little bit because i'm just like mm, i don't know about these people <laughs> <laughs> that's a good way to approach any british person it's just i don't trust you <laughs> <laughs> well sometimes i don't trust them all of them like as a whole but it's just a different experience because mm. back home do you have any like do you have a white community or like are there special schools uh, that are like predominant there are so <laughs> um 
I can't speak to Montserrat because most of that is destroyed. But in the British Virgin Islands, um, there were three, I think there's four now, but there were three like high schools. There was the public high school that pretty much anyone could go to. There was a church-run secondary school that belonged to um, Seventh-day Adventists. And then there was um, a private secondary school. And the private school is where most of the white children went okay. to. And I never saw them anywhere else mm. except for that school. Like when we would have competitions, that's when I would see them. Okay. Like I did not know they existed. <laughs> On the, like there was... Well, he was, he was actually mixed, I found out later, but he, he, he was white passing. Mm-hmm. And he was like the only, like, white passing kid in the school through my, my go through mm-hmm. of my time at, at high school. So it, it just kind of shows like they, they weren't there. Yeah. They existed, but they weren't there in the public school. Right. Was there any kind of, um, queer community or, were you, I mean, you know, we were all queer, but we didn't know. Um, but still, did you have any incline to? No. <laughs> no. And you think there's one, but you just didn't know, or this is just? I think, I don't know if it's changed. Um, it, the Caribbean is pretty religious, not necessarily hyper religious, but small town religious, mm-hmm. because it's a lot of small communities and, to be like openly it's very stigmatized there and everyone knows each other yeah so if you had any inclination to be anything other than normal you keep that down you just pat that right there and you don't mm. Mm. um and did you know that you could be different in london before you came here or did you know there was a quick community well, here so no, but it wasn't necessarily something I was looking for mm. at the same time because I came up here for a purpose, <laughs> which was to go to school mm-hmm. and not die. Um, all of this extra exploration stuff is really things that came after. After, yeah. Um, but I was always weird, you know? <laughs> so it's, 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 it's the kind of weird, like I was always, do you know how hard it is to be emo in the Caribbean? <laughs> <laughs> Like, I don't think you understand how hard it is to be alternative. In the, I was wearing long sleeves. It was always hot. Um, stri- I would put, uh, you know, those clip in hair thingies that had like strips of colored hair that you could clip yes. it together. I would put those in my hair. I was the, you know, like every school has like the way I was that person. Okay. So. No one really like said anything to me. I'm pretty sure they spoke about me behind my back, but <laughs> it was fine. Um, so, but did you know inside of you that maybe if you went somewhere else, you'd be able to like be yourself or you just came here just for uni. And then as you said, the extra stuff came after. Uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty much that. Like I'm pretty good at like putting my feelings behind the door and then closing it very securely so that's pretty much what i did uh for a significant period of time and then i went into musical theater and that is just <laughs> all all the weird people go there <laughs> it really Hello. Is. but the thing is i was in my drama society in high school mm. i didn't 
I was in like a couple because we didn't really do the common plays that people did. But I was in there and I don't know why I stuck around as long as I did. And now I have an idea. <laughs> but because <laughs> uh, I, I, I literally got an award when I graduated for longest uh, continuing member because I was there for four out of my five years. <laughs> That's cool. Um, so is there um, a place, an atmosphere, the way the people are, the way the streets are, something like that, uh, that you love back home and that isn't really here in this country? When it comes to... So like St. Patrick's Day in Montserrat is a pretty big holiday mm -hmm. because Montserrat is known as the Emerald Isle of the Caribbean because Montserrat while having slaves also had a lot of Irish indentured servants. Mm -hmm. So when the slave owners left, it was basically the Irish and the, and the black people. So we have a lot of Irish connections that way. So St. Patrick's day is pretty important. Mm -hmm. And it's like in the Caribbean, there's a lot of, street celebrations so there'll be trucks and they'll have like these huge huge speakers on them mm. and people will just like parade through the streets yeah. you know kind of like how notting hill carnival is yeah yeah, yeah but yeah. people follow that for a very long time right, so yeah, yeah. the people are also a part of like you can come out and look but a lot of the time you follow the trucks as yeah. they go for for how long and it's a similar thing with christmas as well christmas is here are so depressing. <laughs> I no because because. So but you said that the islands were also very Catholic, and you shouldn't have fun in Catholicism. You should have guilt and suffering. I said they're religious. I did not say they did not. You have to remember <laughs> these are communities that are also built on rum, so they know how to throw a party when <laughs> when the time comes. Um, but what happens is Christmas. Christmas is very much of festive time and the decorating it's like community wide like you will see lights everywhere like there will be like street vendors like they'll block off i don't know if they'll still do it now but they would like block off like sections of the street and like there would be like the main street it would just be like this whole pack of vendors and you could go walk through mm -hmm. like in, in the night and just like have all these little booths and it would just feel very special. Like you would go to different people's houses. Um, oh, yeah, that's very different from here. Yeah, yeah. You'd go to different people's houses and you eat food at them. And then like, so in Montserrat, uh, there are these dancers called masquerades and I'll show them to you later. But yeah, this is a podcast for these. <laughs> I know, I know, um... I know. <laughs> I, I was trying to figure out a way to describe them, but they 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 are dressed in red and they have like these rainbowed tassels, like different colors of tassels and like little mirrors on their on their uniforms. And each uniform it looks the same from a distance, but up close they have different patterns mm -hmm, on them. Mm -hmm. And they come and they dance for you and then they move on and there are carolers as well so it's just it's really just a big it's not just one day it's like weeks long event right right and here it's just like 
it's Christmas and everyone's shopping and pushing each other and you can't go anywhere and it's just madness and, the, and like people shop in the Caribbean too but it's just it's so much it's so much <laughs> and like no one's happy and <laughs> just and then it's is it because cr- of the weather as well maybe <laughs> is it sunny at Christmas in the Caribbean it's yeah it's sunny it's colder but it's mm. it's still sunny yeah <laughs> It's it's past hurricane season, so we've survived. And <laughs> That's then... why you celebrate. Because <laughs> hurricane season is from um, June to November. Right. So you make it to December. Yay. Let's, let's drink and forget. <laughs> okay. The other way around, is there something here that you feel is something that you cannot find back home something... nobody cares here nobody cares so that's the thing that i think i appreciate well, because everybody is in your business but because it's small so you can do something and then someone's sister's neighbor's cousin will tell your mother mm-hmm. and then it's just like what were you doing i'm just like how do you know <laughs> Any of this. So I never, like, I was never in trouble. I never did anything. But it, it was always the feeling like you were being watched. watched. Um, which, you know, is good and bad because it means like you're being you're protected in the yeah, community as you're well. You're being looked out for. Mm. But at the same time, can't breathe at all. It's just so much. And like, because everyone knows you, I felt like so much pressure because people I didn't know would know my parents and then come ask me mm-hmm. like so how are you and i'm just like i don't want to talk to people mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like i am i am not my brain is not wired for this kind of conversation i really don't want to talk to you <laughs> <laughs> so definitely that changed when you came here right because yeah no one knew who you were here so you were free to be whoever you wanted to be yeah basically which is again good and bad because <laughs> uh you don't feel the same level of protection but at the same time no one's looking at you so you can like do whatever and i think that's a freedom that people here growing up they grow up not knowing it's it has advantages um do you think it's quite specific to london because i feel like when you talk about small towns small communities everyone knows each other that's very much what happens in the british countryside as well Mm -hmm. i think that's probably true like london is the first city the only city that i've lived in Mm -hmm. so i don't really have another frame of reference and i don't think london is going to be my long term (laughs) like but i don't plan to stay like my health declining there is no air here oh yeah it is so bad like it depresses me so much this is getting off topic but nothing is off topic (laughs) If you're going to slender this country, <laughs> I give you so much time for that. <laughs> no, but it's just, it's really sad because there are things that I took for granted in the Caribbean that you just don't have here. Like, you have to go so long to get to a beach. You mm-hmm. have, and the beaches here, there's yeah. something else. My God. Um, and there are no stars in the city. Yeah. It's a mess. It's an actual, like, why is it that the sky still looks bright when it's midnight? That makes no sense. It's, it's so. It's something I find when I, I live in the deep countryside in France. (laughs) And when I go there, honestly, just after a couple of days, I can feel the, like, the oxygen. (laughs) 
has done something to my body. Like, I can immediately feel, oh, maybe I wasn't feeling that great in London. <laughs> maybe humans shouldn't feel like that. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I really think, I really think it's, I need to go back very soon. Um, but it, it's something that I don't think about so much while I'm here. But this place is not good for human health. Mm-hmm. It really isn't. Also, there's so much... So you know how when they populate um, cities with trees, they tend to use the male versions of those trees, the yeah. pollen-producing ones. Right. They're, they're, like, killing people, honestly, with all of this pollen. It's like, <laughs> oh, the pollen is so high. I'm like, you've made it this way. Just because you don't want fruit-bearing trees around. So you've put all the pollen-producing and no fruit-bearing, and it's just cannot breathe when it's spring. Just, this is going to be horrendous. <laughs> Already full of smog. Just... <sighs> Yeah, I mean, we have to talk about the weather um, on this podcast with everyone, because <laughs> I think it's just... The weather itself is um, such a big part of culture. It's just like a, as important as the Queen is, it rains for nine months. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not like good rain, or, you know, when it's cold, it's not like good cold, or it's mm-hmm. not like, oh, my skin feels good when it's humid. No, no, it's not that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's the one that just makes you depressed and so I will say I do not miss the bugs because in the Caribbean um it is a constant struggle against all small insects of nature because it is fertile and tropical so there are mosquitoes there are diseases like they will come for you <laughs> the mosquitoes <laughs> the mosquitoes will forget that you are from there and they will come for you. <laughs> My God. But so I don't miss the bugs. And I've, I've noticed like aggressively people just lay in the grass here and it's still like, I've had a freak out with you. I'm just like, you're just sitting in the grass because you don't understand the numbers of ants yeah. that will come and eat you. If you try to do that, it does not happen. You cannot. The fire ants. You're joking. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, here it's just so polluted that they just don't have animals anymore. So, except the foxes. Except the foxes. Oh, there were foxes. So, we forgot that it was a holiday the other day and we put the trash out. Mm-hmm. Um, so that the garbage people didn't come and the foxes came to the... Ah. Uh, yeah. Lovely creatures <laughs> they are. Um, so we're gonna have to mention food as a French person. Mm-hmm. My opinion of British cuisine is British cuisine does not exist. <laughs> and British people just eat. Because we all have to eat to survive. Um, what is your opinion of British cuisine? I will say that I enjoy some of their like staple dishes. Like I like a fish and chips. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they really know how to make those yeah, really yeah. well. Yeah. Um, that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I I find that seasonings are an essential part of a black person's diet, not to say a Caribbean person's as well. So, you know, I feel very strongly about the flavorings of some things, but I also appreciate that as a whole, they're trying to make their population healthier. And so they tend 
not to put a whole lot of extras in their food. And that's fine. Um, <laughs> but, but I personally, um, still eat a lot at home. Or if I buy something to bring home, I will put, put seasoning in it because it just requires it. I, I cannot. Like, there are some meals that I see people just pick up from like a Tesco or something. And I try it and I'm just like, this tastes like nothing. I don't <laughs> understand. So do you, uh, still eat mostly Caribbean food or just when you make food, do you try to remind yourself of the good food back home? Cause you also, you live with, um, your father who's yes. also from the Caribbean. Yes. So do you guys cook Caribbean yeah. food together? Yes. Mostly chicken, but, um, Yeah, we do, cause it's not, we, we cook pretty much the same as we would cook at home, mm -hmm. which is fairly, it's fairly simple, but I mean, simple is fine. It's starches and meats and the basics, but with seasoning. <laughs> That is all I ask. <laughs> do you think Indian cuisine, Chinese cuisine? I love that. Mm -hmm. All of this, do you think is, Part of British cuisine in a sense? Because you know that, like, curry was the first dish of the country or something like that? So do you think at this point we can consider that getting a curry across the street, is that British culture? Um, it's colonizer culture. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm just, I don't, because I mean, that's, that's what it is. I suppose you could, I wouldn't. Just because I feel like it takes away from the, from the original identities. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's, it's not my place. Um, cause I don't, I don't know what it is to be an Indian person or a Pakistani person, South Asian, anything like that, and to live here. But like, I wouldn't, like, Windrush happened and there were so many Caribbean people that came up at that time. I wouldn't consider like Caribbean food to be a part of British culture. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't think they've accepted it as such. Yeah, so yeah. I'm fine. I'm, I'm within my right to say that. <laughs> um, but I think because there's such a, like a storied history with Britain and India and, and that whole, that whole thing, um, it is very difficult for me to say that a curry is British culture when Britain has taken so much. Yeah. To, to get to the point yeah, yeah. that it is at right now, I, I could not. Would you say that in your country, there has been some colonizing as well? Have you been around British culture before coming here? And by that, I mean pop culture, film, books, just people speaking English all the time and music as well. Or do you think your country has really like strong culture? In itself. No, we have American culture. Mm -hmm. Our proximity to America is greater than it is to Britain, mm -hmm. in the British Virgin Islands at the very least, because England won't give us the pound. So we use the US dollar mm -hmm. in the British Virgin Islands. And then like the rest of um, the Windward Islands, we use the Eastern Caribbean dollar, which it still has the queen on it, but one US dollar is the equivalent of like... 2.2 Eastern Caribbean dollars. Okay. Which is, again, less than a pound. So money is of lesser value in the Caribbean. Of course it is. Um, in the British Virgin Islands, though, we, again, 
closer to America. So a lot of the stuff that I watched growing up was based on American broadcasting. Right. Which is why I get so confused watching the same kinds of things here. Because there's this weird thing that happens. Theme songs play slightly faster here. <laughs> so it's a, it's a weird thing to acknowledge. So the same entrances and exits, the same songs, they play them faster. Slightly, but they do. And also the breaks here are, they have less breaks here. So in a they do. They do, they do, they do, they do, they do. They split, they split it into four here. Always. They have one, two, three, four parts. In America, they split their shows into about double that. Right. Because of the ads, there were yeah. so many ads in America. They have shorter ad breaks, but more of them. Yeah. Whereas here, they have less ad breaks, but they're longer. And the thing about that is, it would make me sometimes forget what I was watching. <laughs> Because it was like, oh, wow, it's time for an ad. Let's see what else is on. And, <laughs> and never go back to the first never thing. Never go back. Um, uh, when you went to school, do you think that was more British? Like the way you learned about, you know, the British Empire or the way the teachers were speaking to you? We didn't really learn about the British Empire. We learned Caribbean history. Okay. We learned about the slave trade. We learned about things that affected that area. Mm-hmm. And like we learned, like I learned, I learned some general world history when I went to college. But beyond that, we learned about things that were relevant to us. I can't answer anything about, if I had to take like a British citizenship test, yeah. I would fail. <laughs> I don't know anything because <laughs> they didn't, they didn't teach us that. So why would they need to? Yeah. Do you feel like what you've learned here about queer culture and what you've learned online as well obviously mm-hmm. if you go back home and talk about that those people would like understand what you're talking about absolutely not <laughs> absolutely not well first of all they would want to hear that conversation mm-hmm. to begin with and they wouldn't mm-hmm. and then to use all this terminology no no <laughs> like unless they are studying like they have like gender studies or things like that then maybe they'll know maybe they'll have done some research but unless they've like People don't, people don't talk about these things. You mad? <laughs> <laughs> are you, are you being for real with this? It, they don't speak on this at all. <laughs> <laughs> it would never happen. Um, 100%. 100%. <laughs> I love saying that. <laughs> um, yeah, that, I mean, that's really interesting because you were speaking English before coming to England. Is it the same English? Not just in like the words you use, but do you feel like here is just, when you came here, did you feel like you were completely speaking the same language? No. (laughs) (laughs) No. To this day, I have been here for 10 years. I don't understand what people are saying half Mm -hmm. of the time. And when I was in university, it was fine because when they were throwing out terminology, it was very technical and it was things that I had to learn. And that was fine because I was still learning. And then I went to work in a store and someone asked me for a baby girl. I was like, what is that? A baby what? A baby girl, which is essentially a baby onesie. But I did not know (laughs) they call it a baby girl. I'm just like... (laughs) Uh, what? <laughs> like the words did not process mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in my head. 
they call clothing because I've never paid attention. And it just, that was the moment when it struck me. Like outside of university is an entirely different world of English that I just don't know about because they call things completely different things mm-hmm. than I am used to. And it made me feel kind of stupid because I was just like, like, what are summer socks? Socks are socks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from, no, cause I'm from a hot country. Yeah. So socks, are, there's no differentiating between the socks that you wear when it's hot and when it's cold. They're just socks. It just, it drove me up a wall. <laughs> <laughs> it drove me up a wall, honestly. Um, Can you give me a list of countries that British people thought you were from when they saw you or heard your accent? Okay. So, to to be fair to them, my accent is very transatlantic. Because <laughs> they've thought that I was American, mm-hmm. um, which is fine. And when I said I'm not American, I said I'm from the Caribbean because I tend to say that I'm from the Caribbean rather than naming a specific place because they yeah. never know where it is. But then as soon as I say I'm from the Caribbean, it's like, oh, Jamaica. And it's like, there are other countries besides Jamaica. There really are. There are so many. <laughs> Please. Um, but then the second one I got is like Antigua. And I'm just like, oh, you know, that's kind of close. Mm-hmm. It's not quite there, but it's like nearby. Um, some people have thought I was African. They thought I was Nigerian and also I think South African as well. Um, there was another one. Oh no, someone thought I was from Zimbabwe. Uh, I don't know why. Like I, I think it's my name. <laughs> Cause that's quite specific yeah. in a way for yeah. someone British to say that. Yeah. No, but it tends to be people from those places. Oh, okay. So the only per- the only people that have ever tried to identify me as from the continent of Africa have been other continental Africans. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um but in general they just think I'm American. But I have American friends who distinctly say I do not sound American. And I don't think I sound American. You don't sound American. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so, so my accent just kind of lives in between the the TV shows that I've watched and the people that I've heard and yeah. and all of these things. And I don't sound like I got because when I go home, I don't sound like I'm from there anymore. I really don't. It's, Do you get your accent back when you come home and then? Um, it takes a while and it doesn't go back fully because I've been here for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I'm, if I'm like working, I'll like put on an, an, a cheery accent so that they'll understand me just a bit better. Okay. That's and then, not okay. And then, and then people think I'm posh for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> because it's I, so weird seeing your face with that accent just doesn't work. <laughs> Like I had a coworker saying, like, you sound so posh and I'm like, Do I? Honestly? Okay. <laughs> like I sound posh when I'm talking to these customers because I am on my last string. <laughs> and You're just it, acting. It's a little bit of acting. I am acting and if that string snaps, it's it's over for all of us. Um so I know that you're with a lot of Online communities and content creators, <laughs> once again, um, <laughs> online. Uh, do you think that you, um, got closer to online communities because, like, everyone comes from everywhere and that's, like, a big part of being online is that everyone can bring whatever culture and 
we don't really care about where people come from. There's that, and also you can curate. And I think that's a big part of it for me. Like, I don't have to, in your, in your day to day, everyday life, you have to be exposed, maybe accidentally, um, to things that you might not want to see. Mm-hmm. Online, I don't have to, like, that's the whole point. I don't have to bear witness to, like, gross, uh, misconstructions of justice and all of these kinds of things. I can just live in like dark academia for a bit, or I can <laughs> live in cottage core fantasy. I can just live and escape for a bit. And if I want to engage in like a uh, sociopolitical issue, then I can make that choice too. It mm-hmm. doesn't have to be thrust upon me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's the main thing. For, for me, it's just having that ability to choose and having the ability for my brain to, to not have to like go through every single instance of everything happening mm. when it happens. And is it also quite a queer community that you have online? Um, I would say so. It, it, it I don't know many people who would willingly dress up like <laughs> and just be straight. All the time. <laughs> How boring would that be? I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure they're out there. I'm sure they are, but it doesn't make sense to me. Um, do people online who you consider now your friends because you see them a lot during the week and I mean, mm. you see them, you <laughs> talk to them, do they know that you are black or that you have an accent? Um, do they know that you live in the UK, but you're from the Caribbean? Well, I mean, they know I'm black because it's a visual medium. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't think they really know. Like, I haven't spoken, like, verbally to a lot of them. Mm-hmm. So whatever they would hear, they would have heard from my TikToks. And I don't really go through like a storied history mm. of my life. Like I don't really tell people where I live unless like it comes up in a conversation. Mm. It's like it, it, cause it's not necessarily important yeah. to, to what I'm trying to achieve. If you we were trying to like organize a meetup or something, then I'd be like, Hey, I also live in the country that yeah. you're organizing. Meeting. But apart from that, it, it wouldn't be necessary. Have you ever felt I mean, obviously the answer is yes. It's no, it's a bit of a stupid question, but have you ever felt discriminated because of you being foreign? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, do you feel like when, because you're in this country, do you feel like you're thrown back to you being just a person of color or black in particular or Caribbean in particular? Uh, so. There's one event that always stands out for me because it was the first moment, like, I realized that I wasn't, like, exactly... Because, again, when I came up here and then I went to uni, it was very diverse. Yeah. There wasn't really a problem. But, so, so I used to volunteer for St. John Ambulance. Right. And as a part of that, we would, like, go to events. We would go out. Um, we t- It tended to be fairly boring most of the time because most people don't get hurt, uh, but we're just there in case. Yeah. And I would go to rugby events. Uh, and I was leaving one of those once after a long day. And 
this guy was with his group of like five friends and he was drunk, you know, and it's just this crowd of, so when the events are over, it's just this crowd of people that exits mm-hmm. all at once heading to the station and he was drunk and I'm trying to like weave through the crowd because I have to take a bus and all of these kinds of things. And I hear him say the N word behind me. And then he said it again. He said, I've got them all coming after me, even the South African N words again. And his friends are shushing him, but they're also laughing at the same time. Yeah. It was at that moment, because like I'm in this crowd and it's mostly white people. Mm-hmm. And I do not feel protected at all. And I don't know whether to go back into the stadium. I don't know whether to keep trying to go home. I don't know the temperament of this person or these people. And I think that was like like the biggest like first moment where I was just like, Right. I'm not from here. Yeah, I'm, I'm really not. This is really not my place mm-hmm. right now. And I think it, it unfortunately colored me going on like big events after that. Cause I like, I started to wean off going to events altogether. I like, I haven't been volunteering in like a really long time mm. because it, it was just like doing something out of the goodness of like your heart or something like that and going out to help people and then having those same people not only not appreciate but also like potentially be a threat like i yeah, yeah, yeah. like i would go to they stopped doing it now but i felt safer going at like midnight to 5am uh there was a thing that you could do as a volunteer where you would like just help drunk people Mm-hmm. So this church had like a back area open and if someone was really like drunk or sick or they got hurt or something, they could come and they'd sit there and then we'd be there. And again, nothing would really happen. People would be sick all the time and I got very immune <laughs> to, <laughs> to seeing people throw up. Um, but I never felt like I was in danger doing that. Mm. Um, but in that crowd at that football stadium, it was like, my ears were ringing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, it wasn't just this one guy. It was like, yeah. you felt everyone around you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so obviously I have you on this podcast because you're from a different country and that's one of the two things that you have to be to yes. be on this podcast. Okay. But the discrimination that you face in this country, do you feel, basically, have you ever felt, oh, that's because I'm Caribbean or that's because I didn't grow up here or whatever? Or do you just feel like, is just because you're black and is just a racist country no matter where you come from. I mean, the thing to say is, I don't go outside enough to face much discrimination. <laughs> it's, it's true. It's true, though. I don't, um, I have not experienced, like, I could count, whereas it might be different for other people. I would say if people wouldn't necessarily know me as being foreign mm-hmm. unless they spoke to me. And then realize I don't sound like a British person. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think I've experienced enough to make like a, like a judgment mm. on that properly. Okay. Okay. We're going to do a little rapid fire round. Oh God. Okay. About the monarchy. <laughs> about the mo- Okay. I mean, Prince Philip just died. I, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. Are you in a period of mourning, Odysseus? <laughs> no. <laughs> Okay, so you can answer with yes, no, or very short answers. Okay. Have you watched The Crown? No. Wait, kind of, because TikTok. I've seen clips of it. Okay. <laughs> Do you think it's good? 
It looks good, yeah. Do you like the queen? Uh, yeah, um, I don't have an opinion on her, really. Like, I'm being very honest. She just <laughs> kind of exists in my periphery. Okay, yeah. Uh, do you think the queen killed Diana? <laughs> um, not directly. Okay, that's new, and I like that. Should we guillotine the queen? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't want to guillotine anybody. Uh, do you think Prince Harry's hot? I mean, he's not bad, though. <laughs> okay. Can you confirm that the monarchy has invaded, killed, and raped thousands of people in many countries all over the world? Yes. Can you confirm they're all in control of an absurd amount of wealth while they leave the poor to die? Yes. Can you confirm Prince Andrew allegedly is a pedophile and sex offender? I mean, I can't confirm it, but I'll say yes. Allegedly, right? Allegedly, uh uh-huh. <laughs> Can you confirm the monarchy didn't do anything when Margaret Thatcher introduced Section 28? Yes. So can you tell me why the monarchy is still a thing then? <laughs> I don't think it's going to be a thing, like, forever. Like after the Queen dies. Yeah, I think it's it's going to start to fall apart. Because if Prince Charles becomes king, one, he's not going to be king for very long. And two, the monarch is basically, it's not a placeholder, but they're not doing that much. Mm-hmm. They have, like, supreme rule over all of these things, but that it's it's... It's like a mascot. It's like a huge mascot that has too much money. And I'm, I'm, re- I'm really not for all of this. Like the grandeur and everything. It's like all of these tourist attractions. It's not worth it. Mm. That wealth could be redistributed and used for so many things. And yet, <laughs> they just have it. It's so unnecessary. But the thing is... Even if the monarchy in itself doesn't stay after the Queen, because, you know, people don't really like Prince Charles as much as the Queen, I think the monarchy, the concept of the monarchy and the imperialism in this country is so just ingrained in everyone and how proud they are and how Mm -hmm. they think their country is the centre of the world and they've never had to learn another language. And when you come in with a different culture, they're just so surprised that you don't know everything about British culture. Mm -hmm. That's going to stay to me, you know. So Mm -hmm. to me saying the monarchy is going to go, I mean, is it ever going to go in like the minds of British people? I mean, it's going to take, I think, two generations. Mm -hmm. And I think once they realise that I don't know, maybe like by 2050 or something. Mm-hmm. Like people are going to start looking at it like in a serious way and being like, why is this continuing? What do we need it for? Mm-hmm. And I think if they start to actively question its presence in society then, because it's still the future, but its presence by then, if it's still like a thing, it's it's, it's not necessary now. It's going to be even less then. Mm-hmm. And if they decide to actually rise up and, you know, I'm just like, I'm not saying start a revolution, but... I, I, I am. I would like on record to say, <laughs> we we did it, guys, like two centuries ago. You can do it too. <laughs> oh my God. Um, but I think they wouldn't have... What's the point of it? Like, you can, you can, you can be patriotic to... A country, you can be pro your country, you can be whatever. It doesn't have to be pro to this figurehead. Like, it's fine to keep, uh, like, we have dead presidents on American money. It's fine to just have, like, the image <laughs> of the queen in perpetuity. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's really I don't think fine. that's the thing that hurts yeah. everyone. Yeah. 
I don't think it's going to be healing in two generations. I think in two generations, it's going to start. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't. I don't think we're going to get very far right now. Like, mm-hmm. do you see Brexit? Like, <laughs> the British? Uh, uh-uh. nah. They're going to give up the monarchy. <laughs> yeah. They... I mean, I truly believe that Brexit is also because of the monarchy and because of how the British people think they're the center it's, of the world. It's and, all interconnected. Yeah. So I'm saying they have such a steadfast, semi-foolish pride in what they think is their country and like their honor and all of these things. They're not going to give it up mm-hmm. very easily. Mm-hmm. But as the communities turnover and change hopefully in the next couple of generations they will have a different outlook on these kinds of things and if we make a con- concerted effort to make it so they will learn things differently and not that britain was the greatest country ever and you know they did all of these wonderful things and like i don't know brought peace to the savages whatever they teach mm-hmm. um and actually you say like, oh, you know, these communities were actually doing well. And then we came in and, you know, took a lot of their resources and left them destitute. And then we labeled them third world. Ta! That's also why I asked the question about The Crown, because I watched The Crown and it's horrible. It's a great show. Mm-hmm. It's horrible, the things you learn. Yeah. It's so much worse than you think, Odysseus. Is like, it? I didn't know many things, and <laughs> I watched some episodes where I was just like, how is this on TV? <laughs> I mean, obviously they can't stop it because it's stuff that was out in the press and people knew about it, but that mm-hmm. was from like 40 years ago. So I didn't know about it, but yeah, it's really, really bad. And I don't understand how anyone can watch The Crown and be like, I still love the Queen. I'm like, <laughs> did you understand the show? <laughs> so yeah, maybe it starts with The Crown. Maybe it does. Because I think... Cause, <laughs> Prince Charles, they worked so hard on his image after Diana, him and Camilla. Mm-hmm. My God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, just the clips that I've seen, which be like, ooh, buddy, your your public opinion is going to go down. And guess what? That's going to happen in next season of The Crown, <laughs> which is next year, which might be when he becomes king. <laughs> so that's going to be awkward. And I'm here for this. Cool. So after this whole conversation, Odysseus, would you say that you are... Queer first and foreign second, or your foreign first and queer second? Um, I mean, my opinion really hasn't changed since the beginning. I'm black first, I'm Caribbean first. Mm-hmm. Anything else is confetti. <laughs> oh! <laughs> oh! <laughs> Excuse you? <laughs> that reference? <laughs> Ooh, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> that was from The Haunting of Hill House, everyone. One of my favorite shows of all time. Okay, moving on. <laughs> so, what do you want to say to our non-British audience? I would say that if there's something that you are trying to do, if there's something that your heart is seeking, there are people out there that will facilitate it for you. There are people out there who are going to try to stop you. You don't need those ones. You need the first ones. (laughs) Um, And they exist. And you can find them somewhere in this country. Um, I spent a lot of time alone 
until I found them. And then you don't let them go. Okay? Now listen. <laughs> you hang on to them with your nails. Because they're going to be the ones that get you through. Because this country is can be unforgiving. And what do you have to say to our British audience if they have survived until now? <laughs> Good job. Honestly, it's kind of made for you and kind of not. And if you've made it this far, then... I, th I think you'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> Where can we find you? Do you have anything to plug? What's coming up in your life? Oh, coming up in my life? God, I don't know. Um, I mean, there's still a pandemic, so no pressure, obviously. Yeah. You can find me on TikTok. That is my primary social media. Uh, at MaskRen. I think that's the only place that you need to find me. Actually, you know what? You don't need my Twitter or anything. That's, that's I'm trying that. to get them on Instagram <laughs> because that's where I am because I'm a millennial and Odisha is Gen Z. <laughs> I'm not Gen Z. I am a millennial. I just, it's TikTok is so personal and impersonal at the same time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't understand. It mm -hmm. just works for me. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's a lot for me, but I, I get it. Yeah. All right. Thank you for this, these very interesting conversations. Once again, I learned a lot of things. That's why I'm doing this podcast and I'm very happy. Mm -hmm. Before we end the podcast, um, you have to sing the EastEnders theme tune so that we can end the podcast. Oh, um, da 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 Da, da, da. I don't actually know how this goes. Da 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 da